Welcome to the Mosaic Church Podcast, where we share with you the message of hope and love that lies at the core of the Christian faith. Our weekly sermons delve into the teachings of the Bible and how they can impact our daily lives, inspiring us to journey together towards a deeper understanding of God's infinite love. Join our community of believers as we embrace the power of faith and embark on a transformative spiritual journey. Mosaic Church in Mableton, Georgia exists to lead people to an authentic relationship with Jesus Christ to help them change the world. Now, please enjoy this message from Pastor Broderick Santiago, lead pastor of Mosaic Church. I have to say a huge, 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 and y'all, I'm telling you, y'all should get excited. How many sports fans do we have in here? Huh? Oh, that's everybody, right? And when your team is kicking tail and winning and y'all like, y'all know y'all got the game sealed, y'all like go crazy, right? When, when your team scores a touchdown or, or gets a win, gets a W, you know, and it gets a, a mark on the W side of the column, y'all celebrate, right? Don't y'all go crazy like, yeah, lose your voice, you come to church horse. Well, then I need that same kind of energy right now because on last Sunday, two people, two people in this church made an incredible decision to honor God with their lives through baptism. Somebody can say amen. I want to say a major shout out to my main man, Mr. Greg Conley and Tia Menace, who normally uh, works over here on the board. She's not here today. Celebrate them today. Love on them. If you weren't there, love on them today. Hug his neck so hard that he needs a neck brace, y'all. Let's celebrate because guess what? That's the ultimate win for Christ. God is celebrating. God is honored by that. So, Greg, congratulations on your, your baptism. It was, man, indeed an honor. Thank you, uh, Brandon uh, and, and Brittany, who's not here, for being there with us and, and getting in the pool and making sure everything was good. And, and, and definitely a shout-out to Vinings Lake Church, who were, was nice enough to allow us to use their facility. And we're going to do it again in January. Wow, if, if you've been like on the fence wondering if I need to be baptized, if I should get baptized or, you know, what is the requirement, let's talk because let's start the year off right. Huh? You know, everybody talks about, you know, these, these, these new, year res, new Year's resolutions and everybody wants to do something new. Why not do something really, really radical? Get baptized and live your life Christ. Amen. If that is you, we'll talk after service. You can email me privately. You can text me. You can call me. You can hit me up on Facebook or on the Twitter. I'm on there too. Or send me a, a mail, a letter or something in the mail. You know, I still like to receive letters. I still get excited when I get mail, you know, if it's not a bill. Amen. Huh? Y'all know what I'm talking about. I ain't the only one. Come on now. So, Greg, thank you, man. I love you, brother. And this journey together, you won't walk alone. These are all your family members. I know you got Steph, but you got some more family members here. You got me, your your younger brother. Huh? <laughs> okay, big bro. And uh, we're going to love you, man. And we're we going to walk this journey with you, man. And Tia, who's not here, Tia's expecting a baby. Uh, she'll be, she's a single mom. And so we're going to listen. That baby's going to have a whole lot of aunties and uncles, amen, and little cousins and stuff. So, and Santi's back there asleep with Uncle Sam, with, with his daddy, Sam. I call him Uncle Sam because that's what Brooke and them call him. And so, uh, man, this is a great family. And so I'm, I'm so excited. Listen, let's talk about this message. I'm, I'm, I'm really pumped up. This is the final uh, uh, sermon uh, uh, with this series here about living your best life ever. And listen, I pray that you have been really challenged and, and that you're making some changes and, and really doing some of the stuff that we've shared with you. I, I really, really was in serious prayer and study trying to come up with this series and just piecing together some stuff from some biblical scholars and just really making it so it's so practical and, and, and simple that you can apply it to your life today. And I pray that you've been blessed by it. If, you, if, you, if, if this is your first time with us or your second time and perhaps you missed some of it, let me just do a very, 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 very quick recap. Uh, first week we started out talking about how you can live your best life ever. It starts, number one, with an authentic, nurturing relationship with God. 
Uh, number two, it starts with nurturing real relationships with people in your life. God strategically sends people in your life that will just hold you accountable, that will walk with you, that will pray with you, that will give you the shirt off their back, the socks off their feet, will give you everything and anything. So it's important for that. And then the third thing we talked about last week, which was really good, it was so important that on my birthday, when next Sunday, amen, we are going to start a brand new series about what we talked about last week, which is about living a life with margin. That is so important. We are in a time where we are burning out at such young ages. We are at a time where just a hundred years ago, they were sleeping much, much more than we were. We are losing at least Two and a half hours more sleep than a hundred years ago. And the next generation that will double or triple because everything is handed to us in rapid time, in immediate time. Everything is quick and quick and quick. So we have to be intentional about living a life with margin. That includes your time, your relationships, your finances. You must have a life with margin. So your number one is your relationship with God is important for your best life ever. You must have a, an authentic and nurturing relationship with the people God sends in your life for your best life ever. You must live a life that has some margin some cushion in case there's a some, something that goes on in order to have your best life ever. And today it all sums up to living a life intentionally so that you may leave a legacy. Today we're going to talk about leaving a legacy. And that is so important. It's all about at the end of the day, if God calls your number and you go to glory, it's about what will the people say if they even show up to your homegoing service? What will they say if they have something to say? Uh, will, will there be people begging to say something because you've impacted their lives in such a way? This is what this is all about, leaving a legacy. We're going to talk about that and what the definition is. Let us pray. Pray first. Eternal and heavenly gracious God, I just am honored to just be your servant today. I am honored to stand here in this area representing you. I pray, oh God, that these words that you have just beat me up over, Father God, uh, fall on the hearts of the people. Just bypass the ears and fall and rest on the hearts of the people so that there is life change today so that we can indeed at the end of this series live our best life ever, making you the head, the center, and the feet, Father God. We want you to just totally, uh, just, just totally transform our lives in such a way, Father God, that, that it honors you. And, and it's no surprise at how we do it. We know that we do it because of you. And so, God, I pray that in these next few moments, you, 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 you grant me permission to just speak boldly and courageously on your behalf, Father God. I pray that I honor you with everything and that the voice that the people hear is your voice and that the image that the people hear today is the image of you, not me. God, I move out of the way and make room, all the room for you. We invite you into this place in Jesus' name. Amen. The, 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 the key scripture for this entire series has been Proverbs 29, 18. Now, now, we here at Mosaic Church, we love to read the New Living Translation. And, and the reason I like the New Living Translation is because it's, it's very, very close to our modern vernacular, how we speak on, on, a, on a regular basis. I love King James because it's very poetic and very artistic, and I just love the way that, that, that the writer uh, who put together the King James Version of the Bible, uh, many would say Shakespeare, just poetically put it all together. And I love when you recite some of the Psalms and some of the Scriptures. It's so beautiful. But the reality is we don't speak like that every day. How art thou? Thou with as well. We don't speak like that every day. So I like to read from the New Living Translation. And the New Living Translation of this scripture in Proverbs 29, 18 says this. When people do not accept divine guidance, they run wild. But whoever obeys the law is joyful. In, in other translations, it may say something like this. The people uh, 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 die for lack of, of, of uh, I'm sorry about that, for, for lack of, of, uh, uh, of wisdom or knowledge or something like that. I'm, I'm, drawing, I'm drawing a blank here. Because they like vision or for lack of knowledge. 29, uh, uh, Proverbs 29, 18. But when you translate it into the New Living Translation, it says this. When people do not accept divine guidance, people do not, the guidance of God, when we don't accept that which he gives us, then we run wild. 
Another translation says we perish, and in essence, we do, but, but it's, we run wild. We don't have any guidelines. This is the whole scripture for this entire series. This is the foundational scripture for this entire series, and the guidance that God gives us, particularly with this particular message today, is that we are not to live a life just for us. We were not created for today. We were not. We live a life talking about what I want and what we want and the house I want and the job I want and the where I want to live and the wife that I want and the husband that I want. It's what I want, I want, I want. And God says, no, not your will, but my will be done in you. I've designed you for a purpose that's bigger than this moment that you that you think you're in, this bubble called your life. It's bigger than that. There's a purpose. And so when you fulfill that purpose, you are now in a position to live a, leave a legacy. We're going to talk about a great man. His, he was a king. His name was David. Y'all, y'all ever heard of David? Wonderful king, mighty king, had a son, right, who, who was like known as the wisest king, richest king ever. Had a whole bunch of wives and sisters on the side. Had a whole bunch of kids and ran, uh, he, he was ruler over a whole lot of land, his son. But he couldn't have done that if his daddy had not set him up to be the great leader that he was ultimately. We find here in the scripture uh, in First Chronicle verse, uh, chapter 29, verse 28, it says this. He, talking about David, died at a ripe old age, having enjoyed a long life, wealth, and honor. Then his son Solomon ruled in his place. Now, if we look at this Bible and just read a few verses before this one, what happened is David was on his way out. They were getting ready to to build this temple for God. But guess what? It was David that supplied it. He went out and got the best of everything to to, to set him up. David knew, I'm not going to be the one to build it. I won't even see what it looks like. But God gave me a vision. And at my old age, I at least need to set it up so that my heir can handle it and take it on so that generations upon generations can benefit from what I'm getting ready to do. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to ask you over there. I want you all to contribute. And I want to ask you over there, you all to contribute. And then can you give me the best lumber you possibly have? This is going to be a great thing so that when I die, I'm setting it up so that my son can go on ahead and continue what I have started. That's where the legacy began. And so, and so, and so here we see uh, the Bible tells us here that he died at a ripe old age. We know David died like in the hundreds or something like that. Having lived a long life, he reigned for over 40 years. That's a lifetime. He reigned as a king for over 40 years, right? He was very wealthy. We know he had like mad cheese, mad cheddar. He was loaded. I mean, just more money than anybody can count or dream about. You understand what I'm saying? Then his son took over. It was easy for his son to be called the wisest king. It was easy for his son to be such a phenomenal king and do even greater things than his daddy did because his father set him up. That's legacy. He left something behind. He wasn't just a great king and then that was it. David didn't live his life. I'm the ruler of all rulers and that's it. I've had my fun. Adios, amigos, peace. He set it up knowing that somebody greater, his son, was going to do something even greater. Let's talk about definition of legacy. We're going to run through this. Legacy, according to Webster, is is law, a gift of property, especially personal property, as money by will or bequest. David did that, right? He left his son the, the, the throne, obviously. His son was the heir. He left him materials to build this beautiful, beautiful temple, this ark for, uh, of the covenant for, for, for God. He, he, he set him up, right? Here's the other thing, and this is the definition I want to focus on. Anything handed down from the past as from an ancestor ancestor or predecessor. Anything handed down from the past as from an ancestor ancestor or predecessor. In order to leave a legacy, we must first learn to live beyond myself. Live beyond myself. That's what y'all are saying. That's what I'm saying. I need to live beyond myself. That's your first note there. 
live beyond myself. I need to, to, to live beyond this moment. Live beyond even what, my, what I can do for my kids. I need to live beyond the Santiago's right now. I need to live beyond. I need to be looking at what, what Junior's Junior is going to look like. I need to be thinking about what, what Broderick Santiago the sixth will, will look like and do. You understand what I'm saying? I need to begin to plant that seed now so that when I'm gone, even as I'm gone, for generations upon generations, they will benefit from that. Let's bring it more personal. We at Mosaic need to look at what the next generation will do. It would be a shame that, 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 that if, God forbid, something happens to me today and this church folds and this community, which is set up to do some amazing things, and right now as we speak, I'm in the process of starting three mentoring programs on each grade level in this county. The county where there's almost 60% dropout rate in this county, South Cobb, right now. And I'm speaking with people and I'm saying, hey, I'm interested in doing something. They're saying, we don't have anything. Can you start something, pastor? And I'm saying, whoa, that's a huge undertaking. Just next week, I'll be mentoring high school students between the ages of 16 and 20. Yes, I said 20. 16 and 20 that are just coming to school when they want to and roaming around the halls. There's something that needs to be done. I want it to be such that 10, 20 years from now, this county where there's almost a 60% dropout rate, there's an 80% graduation rate with about 100% of the 80 going to a college on a scholarship. It is attainable if we give it to God. Legacy. This is what we're talking about, people. It's anything that we leave for the next people behind us, anything that we leave for those who are coming, anything that we leave for, for, for these babies that are back there with their daddies, anything that we leave for those babies' babies that are coming. It's a doggone shame if they come into this world and they got nothing, nothing to feed off of. All they see for their internal life, their, 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 their uh, entire lives is us struggling to make our ends just get close enough to see each other. So the legacy we're leaving is struggle. Live paycheck to paycheck. Education ain't important. When we have to leave so much more than that, we'll keep it moving here. How do I go through the process of living beyond myself? Well, first thing you must do, people, is love God passionately. Love God passionately. I obviously could have stopped that love God. But it takes a little bit more than just loving God. When you love something passionately, there's nothing on this side of heaven you won't do in order to please that thing that you love, whatever it is that you love passionately. Whether it's a hobby or a person, there's nothing on this side of heaven within the parameters of the law you won't do to please that thing or the person that you love passionately. But if I just love you, I'm just saying that I'm giving you lip service. Jared, I love you. But if I don't spend no time with Gerald then, and, 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 and pour into him or he pours into me, then it's lip service. I could tell you all day I love you. I have people like that I say I love you to all the time. I haven't spent, I haven't, had, I haven't broke bread with them. I do love them, but not passionately. I love my wife passionately, very much so. If, if I just can hit her uh, in distress, uh, I'm moving furniture. You understand what I'm saying? I love my kids passionately. I love my Lord passionately. If my God says to do something, go somewhere, no matter how uncomfortable or displeasing I think it is, I'm going to do it. For instance, when I was called into ministry full time, I love being a musician passionately. I love the money it brings. I love the opportunity it brings for me to travel and see some things. I love all of the above. But 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 uh, watch this. When God called me to do something better and bigger than what I thought was good, then I have to quit it. Now, I'm a sub for the other sub. But I love what God has got me doing right now more than, more than any of that. This is so much more life-giving, so much more fulfilling, and I honor that. 
I love when I was a musician and could travel and tour the world. But when, when God says, Erica's pregnant, well, I guess I can't tour anymore. I can't be away from my babies because I love what God has for me passionately. Let's go to some scripture here because maybe maybe what I'm saying is not resonating. So let's go to, to, to Acts, and, and, and this, is, this is Paul talking. Let me tell you something. From one man, and this is Acts 17, 26 through 28, from one man he created all nations throughout the whole earth. He's talking about God, obviously. And he decided beforehand when they should rise and fall, and he determined their boundaries. His purpose was first for the nations to seek after God and perhaps feel their way toward him and find him, though he is not far from any of us. For in him we live and move and exist. As some of your own poets have said, we are his offspring. Now, I don't know what your relationship is with your mom and your daddy, but I I tell you one thing. Even if it's distressed, if mama calls you crying and she's in a whole nother state, you looking for the best Metro bus price to get to her because she called you distressed. Maybe we haven't talked in a month, but mama's crying. That's urgent. I'm going to get there. And this is what God is saying. I created you. I'm daddy, love me with that same passion, the same way that you'd run to your earthly or biological mom here on earth. Run to me like that in your time of distress. When I'm distressed and I'm God and, I, I you know, it's, it's hard to believe that I can be distressed, but I can be. When am I distressed? When you are not communicating with me. When you are hurting and I'm just right here, I'm right in your face and you won't even talk to me. That's when I'm distressed. And I'm saying, run to me. I'm daddy. I got you. I'll take care of it. Love me passionately. Call upon me. I created you. I know you're going to go through some stuff, but I'm here. Call on me. Don't bypass me and call on something else like pornography or alcohol or drugs or friends that don't give a dog on about you that you're going to pour your life into and they're going to go tell you somebody else. Next thing you know, the rumor mill just got fed. Next scripture. Ephesians 2, I love what Paul is saying here. He says, for we are God's masterpiece. You know, Paul is so freaking poetic when he writes. He just, I'm like, wow, that's like game. You know what I mean? That's good stuff. For we are God's masterpiece. And when I read that, I picture God just like, just, just, just has this beautiful canvas. And he says, I'm going to make Dama. And this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to give her dark hair really straight. Oh, beautiful. I'm going to make her about this height. Oh, oh, no, no. Let me add this. Let me add. Oh, let me add that smile. Don't beat me up, Gus. I'm just, you know, okay. I'm going to add that beautiful smile. Oh, yeah. Oh, perfect. Perfect. Okay. Oh, perfect. Beautiful. That's a work of art. That's priceless. And he didn't stop there. He says, now, I can't leave this fine specimen of a woman I've created alone. So let me, let me, let me, let me go to this canvas and. Oh, yeah, broad shoulders. Uh Uh-huh, look at this brain. Oh, brilliant, brilliant. They're going to be perfect. Now, I'm going to bring them together at such a time, and that's my masterpiece. And together, they'll make this beautiful baby girl. Uh, you, You get where I'm going with this? God is an artist, and we are his what? Masterpiece, according to Paul. And he says, he has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Long ago, he has plans for us when we were in our when we were a thought in our parents' mind. He had plans for us when our parent when our mamas was playing with Barbie dolls or whatever little doll they had playing house. He was planning it then. He's planning it now for my daughters as I, as I see Sydney who can't even talk, walking, pushing her baby in a stroller, and I'm saying God's at work. How does she know how to be a mother already? And she's a baby. That's God's work. Well, my wife, who, who, who never really babysat in her entire life, when we had kids, her parents were like, y'all going to be all right? And I says, yes, because God has placed something in her. God called her to be a mama way before we planned it. 
God called me to be a daddy way before I planned it. He called me to be a husband before I made the decision. He called her to be a wife. He knows the plans for our lives. He has it. And because of that, whenever we're distressed, instead of running away, run toward him with passion. Love him passionately. When you love something passionately or somebody passionately, you want to talk about them or talk to them all the time. You're checking your phone to see if they called you today. You're checking your email. And, did they call me? Did they email me? Did they inbox me? Did they, didn't even, did they communicate with me in any way? And God is saying the same thing. Love me passionately. Check your, you know, I'm checking to see if y'all reached out to me today. The second thing you must do, this is the part I love the most, is serve others selflessly. Serve others selflessly. First thing, love God passionately. And how can we do that? We can do this. Serve others selflessly. You know how much that honors God when we put others' needs before our own? Man, I know I got this done. I know I got to do this. I know I have to do that. I told you all a story last week of a sister uh, I was speaking with, and and she just, you know, she told me straight up. And she's like, man, you know, B, it's, it's tough right now, man. You know, I can't, I can't really give much, but I'm, I tell you what, I, I just feel like I'm going to give 50 bucks toward, you know, something we're doing. I was like, you sure, sis? She's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just going to walk in faith. And 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 she's, she's at the point in, in the month where there's more month than money. And all of a sudden she calls me and she's like, hey, you won't believe what happened. I says, what happened? They called me out of the blue to come to New York to do this thing. I just so happen to have enough miles. I got the free ticket. And so and so I got the gig and, and I'm good for about another month and a half, two months. Out of the blue, they called because she was faithful and believed. She thought about the needs of others. And I'm not talking about that job, but in giving that small amount. Y'all know the story about the lady who gave her, her, her last little bit, that, that, that little coin. That was more, that was the that was a gift better than the richest man gave. It was like incredible. You know that story? That's what this sister did. And God blessed her. Now, I'm not saying God is a tit for tat cat, cat. You give, I take. You give, I take. You give, and then I give you. No, no, it's not like that. But what, did I, what, have I, what do I always tell you? The number one competitor for our hearts with God is money. The number one competitor for our hearts with God. The one thing competing with our hearts for, for, with God is money, moolah, cash, dough, however you want to call it. And, and, and so God is challenging us and, 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 and messing with it and, and, and just seeing where our heart is. All right? I'm not going to get into that scripture. That's, that's, we're going to save that for margin. Let's talk about what, what Paul's telling Timothy. This is from one pastor to another. And many people, and I, I, I'll tell you, many pastors are uncomfortable talking about finances. Because there's this preconceived notion that we want your money. And it's like, no, we, we don't. The church needs it. And we're part of the church, you know, but we, we, we don't. So here you have Paul, a pastor, talking to Timothy, another pastor. And he says this, tell them to use their money to do good. They should be rich in good works and generous to those in need, always being ready to share with others. By doing this, they will be storing up their treasure as a good foundation for the future so that they may experience true life. Wow. So you're telling me doing, it's t- taking, you know, doing something for somebody else with my money is going to grant me a pass to heaven? No. <laughs> Not saying that. Not saying that. What I am saying is it honors God and it helps somebody. Let's be practical. Can we be practical for a minute? It honors God, and you actually help somebody. And here's the secret. When you do that, there's this feeling that happens inside. It kind of, and, and it makes the corners of your, of, of your, of your lips go up. It, it, it makes you feel good when you do something for somebody, no matter what your mood is or what your situation is, to see somebody else blessed and you were responsible for it. Unless you're like a robot, it makes you feel really good on the inside. And you can feel even better knowing that it honors God. It honors God. I have a friend, and I was sharing this with Jared the other day. I have a friend, 
and 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 uh, he he he's very successful, multimillionaire, and uh, he just pours life into me, wisdom imparts wisdom into me. And uh, we were we 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 were talking, and I remember he told me he says he asked me this question. He says, "Are you a king or a priest?" And I says, "Man, uh, I don't know." And he says, "Well, let me tell you the difference. The king is is more like a financier, a, a businessman, a CEO, if you will. The priest is is one who who is who prays and is responsible for the spiritual life of of others, who does for people." Not about money. He says, what are you? I was like, I think I'm on the priest side because I just don't have any money. <laughs> but I honestly love to help people. This was before I was a pastor. And he says, I'm a king because I, I, I sow into my church. And they, his church is in L.A. It's a phenomenal church. His pastor is incredible. The church was so good. My wife and I almost moved to L.A. because of the church, not because of job opportunities. I'm very serious. It's incredible. And he told me, he says, you know what my goal in life is? The one thing I want to do before I die, before I die, is tithe $1 million. I want to tithe $1 million. I'm like, wow, that's amazing because you didn't say you want to make $10 million. You said you want to tithe. The average person, including myself at the time, was like, I would love to make $10 million and I'll give some away. He says, I want to tithe $1 million. And I says, well, 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 what are you living off of? You remember last week we talked about the homework assignment? I hope you all did it. Discover how much, how, what percentage of your income you're living off of. Because we're all living off a percentage of our income. And I'm saying to myself, well, what are you going to live off of? He lives very modestly. He doesn't have a mansion. Doesn't drive fancy cars. He's all about building, building. And he will sit with anybody and just impart wisdom on them. He is now officially my business mentor because I need to learn how to operate even in this in this setting, the business stuff, you know. And so he's my business mentor. And I'm, I'm saying to myself, wow, how modest. There's another great guy I love. His name is Francis Chan. Francis Chan is a multi-millionaire. Uh, he, he, his books have been bestsellers all over the world, okay. He speaks all over the world. They pay him big money to speak all over the world. He actually left a thriving church of about 25,000 members because he felt that God was calling him to not 25,000 people, but millions. And so he wanted to travel all over the world to do that. And so he did that. Francis Chan makes a whole lot of money. He lives off of a $100,000 salary. That's it. His income? Tens of millions of dollars. <laughs> Real talk. But he chooses to live off of that and give all of it away. Gives it all away. Can we talk about legacy for a minute? What? What do you think his kids are looking at now? What do you, what do you think they see? Like, wow. He serves. He's out there in, in, on, on Skid Row in L.A. with the homeless people buying food. He still fundraises. It's like, dude, you can fund the entire thing yourself. You, whatever you're trying to do, you could, you could just drop your money on it. But something in him says, no, I don't want to be that guy where I just throw money. Let me actually put my butt out there with the people. Let me grind. Let me smell like the sheep that I'm trying to shepherd. Legacy. Legacy. Another scripture. Serve others selfless, selflessly, right? I love what, what, what the writer says in Psalm 112 and 9. He says this. They share freely and give generously to those in need. Their good deeds will be remembered forever. They will have influence and honor. Their good deeds will be remembered forever. Not because of the money they left, not because of that, but what they did with their money impacted somebody's life in such a way it will be remembered forever. It will be remembered forever, and they'll be honored then, then, then I, I, I love what, what it says here in Mark. Uh, Jesus is telling his disciples, he says, if you try to hang on to your life, you'll lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake and for the sake of the good news, you will save it. If you give up your life for my sake, meaning if you put somebody else's issues before your own, for my sake, not for not 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 for no other reason, but for my sake, where it honors me, 
man, you do, you're doing the right thing. If you, if you do that for me, if you do that, you will, you, you'll save your own life. But if you live a life where you're just trying to get the, you know, like, for instance, I, I love this brother as an athlete, but I can't stand him as a person, Floyd Mayweather. Hopefully he listens to this podcast and Jesus speaks through the podcast and touches his life. I saw this rascal burning cash money. First thing I was saying, okay, this is how not smart you are. That's illegal, and they should lock your behind up. That's not your money. That, that The money, that the dollar bills you have in your pocket, we don't own that. That's the government's. We use it for trade. If you read it, read it on there. Y'all, y'all, went to, y'all did social studies. That's not our money. And this fool is burning the government's money. And he wasn't burning singles. He was burning $100 bills, just fire, fire. And I said, I, I, man, I hope you got like a chemical in your hair and one of those things catch it and you just burn you. you know, I know that's mean, but that's just wrong. Because what if I'm homeless and I'm walking down the street and there's an H.H. Greg or a Best Buy and I just so happen to look on TV and I see this ignoramus burning $100 bills and I'm shoeless. What if I'm a foreigner in this country? They say this is the land of opportunity. I come and I'm walking and I look and I say, wow, America's such a good place. I can burn money. It's that much here that I can burn it. What are we teaching people who are not from this place? What if a child sees that? What are we telling the child that sees this ignoramus burning a $100 bill that I can make all the money in the world and burn it? Nobody taught him anything, apparently. Who's holding him accountable for that stuff? He's he's a talented and incredible boxer, but I believe he's been hit upside the head far too many times because he's making bad decisions. And I'm not making my sermon about this young brother. I love him and I pray for him and I hope that things change, but you cannot be burning money. I love what it says further in Mark. It says this, and what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your soul? I know a whole bunch of billionaires that can't sleep at night. A whole whole bunch of $100,000 makers that can't sleep at night. A whole bunch of people just with a whole lot of money that's just not happy. With broken marriages. No relationship with their children. No thought or idea of legacy. Yeah, they may be able to leave some money, but tell the kid how to manage the money. Is anything more than your soul? Anything more valuable than your soul is what he's saying. First thing, love God passionately. This is how you live beyond yourself. Love God passionately. Two, serve others selflessly. The final thought, live life intentionally. On purpose. With purpose. There's something that God has for every single one of us in here to do. There is an assignment on every single one of our lives. And a lot of us just go through life floating like this is it. I done made it. I got mine. You got to get yours, baby. And it's bigger than you. It's bigger than me. But you need to be tied to the visionary before you receive the provision to do what he's called you to do, before you can fulfill the mission that God or the assignment that God has for each and every one of us. God didn't make us to just wake up and go to work and clock in and clock out and go back home and do everything within our home and never, ever see anybody outside of it. We forsake fellowship. We forsake prayer. We forsake uh, serving others. We forsake all of that. Some of us, I'm being real here. Some of us, it's so easy to just drop some money on it and say, that's enough. And doggone it, I'm here to tell you, no, no, it's not. Keep your money, show up. God is more, much more honored. He's given that in the examples of, 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 of many rich people in the Bible. Live life intentionally. I love what the psalmist says here in Psalm 39, 4 through 5. He says, Lord, remind me how brief my time on earth will be. Remind me that days are numbered, how fleeting my life is. 
you have made my life no longer than the width of my hand. I want you all to look at that. Look at, look at the width of your hand. Look at it. It's not that wide, right? That's really how short life is. If you live to be 106, that's still a short life. If we think about some who live 300 plus years in the Bible. And he says here, remind me of how just how short my life is. You have made my life no longer than the width of my hand. My entire lifetime is just a moment to you. At best, each of us is what but a breath. Take a deep breath. That's all of us. That's it. For God, that's how big he is. That's it. And just like that, you could be gone. Just like that. And what are we leaving? How will people remember you in that process? And I think that if we use this simple prayer or sing this simple psalm, God, remind me of just how short my life is. It may be just that little extra push to get you to live your life intentionally where it's not just about you and what you want to do. It's not about your life goals and how much stuff you want to do or how many places you want to go or how much stuff you want to own. It's legacy. And right now, in, in, in this room, I, 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 I've been imparted with some tremendous legacy from some great men and women here who just said some amazing things that I cherish and I've shared. She shared some life skills that I didn't before have, even at my, my age of almost 40. Just simple stuff that I didn't have in my life, but that stuff is legacy that I will now share with my kids, and now they'll know how to do a certain thing or, or, or whatever the case may be. There's a particular man in my life that, I, that, that is no longer here, but he left such a strong legacy in me, it, it ruined me. I am who I am today in all facets of my life because of him. And this man's name was Pearlie Jones. He was the, the director of our, our, our community center in Lackawanna, New York. And Pearlie, the, the amazing thing about Pearlie is that the legacy he left didn't start with me. It started with my daddy. The same type of story. I remember sitting in Pearlie Jones's office, telling him telling me stories about my father, and him telling me, "Man, your father's an actor." Man, I told him. Everybody else was telling him, "Man, be a doctor." You know, my father's a junior, so they called him Junior in Lackawanna. Be a be a, be a doctor, Junior, and everybody. But Pearlie Jones was the one saying, "Man, if you really want to do this acting thing, Reuben." I want to take you to some acting workshops. I want to expose you children to art because in the ghetto, in the projects, we don't know art beyond graffiti. And so let me let me take you some let me take y'all out of this element and show you the world that does exist and the possibilities for you that you can attain any of this. And Pearly Jones did that to my daddy. Then he did it to me. I fell in love with the percussion. And, and you know, during the summer camp, they had these different drummers, African drummers that would come. And I loved it. And, and I just fell in love. I didn't have a drum or anything. Pearly got a drum for the community center. Nobody was interested but me. I was the only kid that showed up for it. And Pearly would let me play the drum although he was breaking up fights for the kids playing basketball or or breaking up fights for kids shooting pool and all of those things and or, or foosball and stuff you know I would be in my little corner tapping on that little drum and eventually I just kept going and then, and then one day uh I asked Pearl you know I thought it was you know I had to go and Pearly says no I tell you what I'll make a deal with you if you come and do your homework first and then I check it and it's done right you can stay with me till I lock up, and then I'll take you home every day after school. When he said that, I was like, buddy, 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 I'm about to get it in. And every day after school, I couldn't wait. I'm re- looking at the bell, get on the bus, boom, at the community center. And I told my mother. He asked my mother and my grandmother and them. They all gave me permission because everybody knew Pearly. And I'd be at that community center, right? And I would bust my butt. I'm down. I'm writing it down. I'm getting it done. It's done. Boom, it's done, Pearly. And math was my subject. And, I, I, you know, I was so good, I never showed the work. Y'all know how to, y'all teachers can attest to that. You don't show the work, it's wrong. And Pearlie be like, you got the answer right, but how did you get to the answer? And I'd have to go back over, show the work. But he stayed with me the entire time. And when I was done, I couldn't wait for him to give me the keys to my room. And it was me and her, the drum. And we got busy. And I would get to smacking and beating. And I did this for years. There was a, uh, across the street from the community center was a theater. 
Okay, y'all dirty-minded people. I just thought about that. I'm like, why are they sniggling? Come on, we in church, y'all. I'm not, I know sometimes I could be a little wild, but today is not one of them wild moments. Listen, there's a theater across the street from the, the community center, okay? So it got to a point where Pearly gave me the key to the, to the theater, and I could go in there and play with lights and whatever and have the stage. I started doing talent shows at the age of 16 years old. Pearlie imparted into me the, 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 the importance of paying it forward is what I'm trying to tell you. So now to this day, if a school calls me and says, or, or anybody says, hey, can you come to my school and, and teach my class? Nick will tell you uh, just a little bit about drumming. I'm there for free. Because, some, yes, write it down, Ms. Causey. I'm, I'm actually, I'm here Monday, as a matter of fact. I'm here in junior's class Monday. I'll, I'll make a pit stop over to yours and do a Kwanzaa. It's not on schedule, but I'll do it. All right. Huh? Cross the hall? Okay. I'll be there. And so, I, because I'm imparting into these kids what Pearlie imparted into me, paying it forward. And to this day, man, I, I promise you, it's like I cannot wait for the opportunity to do something so big, so wonderful. Nanny, Rachel Crosby, left legacy for my father, so much so that he was able to write a wonderful one-man play about her called Lackawanna Blues. That play became an Emmy Award movie, and it's about my grandmother who imparted that type of wisdom and legacy in him. She gave to everybody. Y'all hear me talk about Nanny all the time. She had a boarding house and wouldn't charge people rent. Would not charge them a cent. I have a, she got nine bedrooms in this place. And if you just moved here trying to get you a job at the steel plant, cool, when you get on your feet, pay me. That means you can eat, sleep, and do whatever here for free till you get on your feet. She did that. Had a jitney cab service. If you don't know what jitney cab is, it's an illegal cab service. You just don't have the cab license, but you're driving folks here and there and charging them gas money. Jitney cab. Successful, but she imparted that love of the community in my dad and I. Legacy. What legacy are we leaving? Here's my final scripture. Here's my final scripture. 1 John 2.17 says this, And this world is fading away, along with everything that people crave. But anyone who does not, who does what, God, what pleases God, will live forever. All the stuff we think we need in life. All of the possessions, all of the credentials, all of the so-called relationships we think we need in life that have not been assigned to us are fading away. And it's time to get reconnected with God. You want to live your best life ever? If you want to really live your best life ever, it's amazing that this series starts and ends with God. You start your relate. It all starts with an authentic, nurturing relationship with God, a great relationship with people that God assigns in your life. Living a life with margin, some cushion. I failed to mention this last week. You need to have your emotional tank filled because, you know, as you as you face drama in life, if your emotional tank is empty, you don't have the energy or the emotion to deal with it. This is why it's important to have even emotional margin. And finally. You need to be living a life like today. If God calls you home, many people have something phenomenal to say about you. Final story, and I'm done. I promise you. My grandfather, an amazing man, Ruben Cruz Santiago. Love him. He was a unique fellow. My grandfather, who retired from the railroad, he used to go, he's deceased now, he used to go to places that I would say are awkward if you're not trying to, have a profession in that area. My grandfather frequented funeral homes. Why were you hanging out at funeral homes? What are you with? That's just crazy. It's morbid. What's up with that, abuelo? You know what he said? He says, you know why I go in his strong accent, and I'm not going to pretend I know how to do it. You know why I go to the funeral home, son? This is why. He says, because I've gone several times, and there's not been anybody to say nice remarks for the people that are dead. And my grandfather, in his little self, would get up there, not knowing the person. My, ask my grandfather. You know how Puerto Ricans are, right? That's how we do it. My grandfather would get up there and say, in his accent, well, I, I don't know him very much. 
But sometimes we all have to go. God bless him. And that's what he would say for everybody who didn't say anything for somebody. That's a true story. I confirmed it with my abuela. I confirmed it with my titi. That's my auntie. They all confirmed, yes, he used to do that. And he used to go to the courthouse just, just for the heck of it. And I was like, only people who are, like, really bored or, or, like, paralegals trying to study go hang out there. But then I realized he was on to something because now court TV and all of that stuff, Judge Joe Brown and Judge Nancy Pelosi, is that? I don't know. I don't know these people's names. What's her name? Nancy somebody, right? She's the congresswoman. Who's the other person? Judge Judy. Nancy Grace. That's her. Thank you very much. Prosecutor. You know, all of these, they, you know, we love court TV and all that stuff. Thank you all. I'm sorry. Obviously, I don't watch that stuff. I'm in the word. <laughs> I'm just playing. <laughs> but listen, begin today thinking about what you're leaving behind. If you're not mentoring nobody, speaking life into somebody right now, do it. Call them. There's kids here right now. There's Jasmine. There's Draven. There's Denea. Be speaking into these kids' life. Jared speaks into my little one's life all the time. Dorothy, oh, my goodness, she's like mentoring my daughter, Brooke, into singing. And it's like it's a big deal for them. Miss Nikki. This is like my, my, my other daddy and my other mama right here. Begin speaking life into other people's life. Amen. Let us pray. Eternal and gracious God in heaven, I thank you for this time. Thank you for this moment. Thank you for this opportunity. God, we, we stand here knowing that you've created us for a purpose, a bigger purpose than what we even see with our own eyes. And so, God, I pray that in our prayers and in our, in our, in our petitions unto you, that you reveal to us those things that you, you, you've called us to do. God, make it clear the mission, the assignment for our lives. And we want to make sure that we are not bypassed in the process, but we are honoring you, Father God, with everything that we do. God, sometimes even if we uh, think we're doing enough, remind us that it's, it's never enough, Father God. We always need to continually be working uh, diligently to please you and honor you with our lives. And God, I pray that this series bless the lives of these people. I pray that we go into 2013 with determination to live our best life ever. Would you honor us and bless us and hold us accountable, God? Charge, check our hearts for things that don't honor you. And then check us out, Father God. Discipline us. Straighten us out. God, we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So if this is your first time with us, we, we don't... Thank you for joining us today. Our prayer is that Pastor B said something that moves you closer to Jesus. If you enjoy listening to our podcast, we would like to invite you to follow us on social media at Mosaic Mableton and visit us on our website at wearemosaicchurch.org. You can learn more information about our church, ways to support our ministry through financial donations, stay updated on upcoming events, and find resources to support your spiritual journey. We would be delighted to welcome you in person on Sunday mornings to worship and connect with others. Our doors are always open to those seeking a place to grow and explore their faith. Thanks for tuning in and may God bless you on your spiritual journey.